Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me who I love her energy. She's amazing. Jen is in the building. How are you, Jen? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. My goodness. I remember the first time we chatted on the phone and your energy was just like through the roof. And I was like, this girl, I just love her. Like, I need to know her story, what she's about and all the things. And I heard snippets of it in our last call. And I just absolutely adored you and can't wait to get into your story today. Thank you so much for being here, Jen. Well, thank you for having me. It was that instant connection, right? Like as soon as I started talking to you, it just, everything flew out of my mouth and I was like, we need to keep talking. We need to be friends. Yes, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Your journey has been absolutely tremendous. And I always love starting with this question because it's a great way to kind of go back in time a little bit or maybe present, depending on you. So question for you, what inspired you on your path to where you are today? I probably have to say my upbringing, you know, coming from New Bedford and it's ironic because my office is here and it's funny how we always end up back where we were. Right. And there was just something that always pulled me back to this area. I grew up in very, you know, in poverty. We didn't have a lot of money. My dad was an entrepreneur, never actually moved forward with a lot of his businesses, super, super smart guy, but, you know, never had the resources to be successful. And, but there was just something always about it. Like he always had that entrepreneurial spirit. He always wanted to be in business and he's such a people person. My dad is such a people person. And I used to say, it was something that he did when he was in business and he failed. And instead of failing forward and picking up and starting all over again, he didn't. And there was just something so disheartening in that. And I wanted to learn what was it that he did that I could do better to keep moving forward in business. And then once I learned those skills, what could I do to teach other people those skills? So it was taking that you know, some people look at it as a negative. And I think I even looked at it as a negative for a really long time where I was just like, oh yeah, no, my dad failed. And he, you know, should have been in business, but he didn't keep going. And I looked at it as a negative thing, but I started really changing my thought process of how could I learn from these things and how could we, you know, evolve and do it better and teach other people how to do it too. So I'd say, I'd say my upbringing and the inspiration for my dad. I love that. So he's an entrepreneur by trade. Yeah, just natural. And I mean, there was a lot of other entrepreneurs in our family too. And it was like that same type of thing. They didn't have the skill sets or they didn't have the education behind it, or they didn't have the resources. There's so many resources out there now, especially with coaching and consultants and free programs that offer all kinds of things. And my background is not in business at all. I actually, my degree is in exercise, health science, and biology. So I am a science nerd by trade. And then I went to be an analyst and I am a numbers person. I loved it. It made me super excited to like do numbers, but there was nothing tangible at the end of it. I was like, Oh, I did a report. That's fantastic. I get up, I do my job. I come home and everything would shut off. And I felt like I needed something that was gratifying. How could I help other people? What my purpose, I would always kid around with my mentors. And I'm like, my purpose is to help people find their purpose. It is. But then like, I got really specific. Like I had an aha moment, even not that long ago. And my purpose is to help people realize that they are not a product of their environment and that no matter where we grow up and no matter where we come from, 
you can do anything. And I'm proof. I love that you use that as inspiration. Like at such a young age, it's so fascinating how like our upbringing really affects like who we are. They say that the years one through seven are the imprinting stage, which is really fascinating, right? So it's like you watch everything around you, you absorb it all, and that's who you become, right? And so like here absolutely we go, entrepreneurial roots, and then that's why we come back. We always come back to it, right? Which is super fascinating. I love that, Jen. I love that. And I mean, when you see that at a young age, it just changes you. Like for me, when I was ten years old, being in the restaurant business, like I didn't know how much it would shake me to be honest to like be able to engage with people interact with them see you know how they react if there's a conflict conflict resolution like all of these things that to me feels like second nature yeah but it's really not because it was ingrained in you right so you're you're absorbing all of that from a super young age and as a mom like I have three kids under the age of 10 I hope that they see what I am doing and why I do it, you know, especially in their age, since they've been, since my first daughter was born 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with a heart condition. I've had a heart attack. Like I've gone through some like really life traumatic things. And if I could teach my kids anything is that no matter what someone tells you, you can do anything, whatever life hands you, you can do anything. If you're told you can't do it, you're going to go ahead and do it. You're going to find the resources if you want it bad enough. And my kids are in that stage. I want them to absorb that. I want them to know that like their mom is a badass, that life handed you all of these things. What are you going to do about it? You can sit back and cry or you can move forward and you can change the world. That's my job. I want to change the world. Amen. So question for you. Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like as a kid, what was the dream? So growing up, I think about this all the time because, you know, I'm a really big person with manifestation. So when I was really little, I was like, I want to be an x-ray technician. I don't know why. Growing up, I wanted to be an x-ray technician. And then as I got older, I wanted to be like a doctor or a PA. I was always fascinated with it. And as I got older, I became like an EMT and I went to, you know, I went to school. I graduated from the college of nursing at UMass uh, Boston. And I was like, I'm going to be a PA. And then I had my daughter and my whole life changed. And then I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. It was weird because I was so convinced that I was going through the medical field and, or I was going to do something in the health field. And then all of a sudden my mind shift, it just changed because I knew that wasn't me. I'm not a person to work for somebody else while I can work well with others. I know that I know I'm a visionary. It was really hard to accept that. Right. Because I feel like the way that we're brought up sometimes, like we're always told, like we have to hold back. We're not meant to kind of do things. If you don't have money, you can't start a business. And I felt like what was around me wasn't giving me enough resources to be able to move to the next level. And I had to change that thought process, you know, and I think that that's what changed me because I think I've always wanted to own a business. Like I, I owned a chocolate business for a while. And, you know, I would make chocolate and pastries and I loved it, but I always had other jobs while I did it because I always felt like that's what we're supposed to do. Like we're supposed to work. And, you know, once I kind of got the skill set under my belt, it made more sense. No, but I absolutely love that. Like you were just, I love that. I love that. And so you mentioned your dad was a big source of inspiration for you growing up. Would you say that's your number one mentor and inspiration? And if so, we can keep him as that. Or was there others too that contributed to your inspiration kind of growing up? So I definitely think my dad was a big, you know, inspiration for me. He did 
own businesses, also worked in other businesses. He was a single dad. He raised me for most of my childhood. So, you know, he had to wear many hats and he was, he, he wasn't always present. And growing up, I kind of, I had a little bit of animosity towards that, or maybe a lot of animosity, but we'll say a little bit now, you know, now that we're getting through the trauma, but, uh, I didn't realize how much he had to do to take care of all of us and being a parent now, like I realized how much work kind of goes into that. But, you know, back then, like I didn't always see that. I just saw my dad as like a workaholic and he was like working a lot. And, but seeing all the things that he did as a single parent and the fact that like, we all turned out pretty fucking decent. I'm like, all right. So, I mean, he did do his job. Like he did his job and, you know, me and my other siblings, like we're all, you know, very successful and we all do completely different things. And I think that's because even though we had limited resources and abilities and certain things growing up, he did always make sure that we were kind of pointed in the right direction. Like he did always push college. He did always kind of push us. And, you know, if we were doing something, it's like that old school mentality. And I'm sure, you know, people in your family that are the same way, they're like, look, I got an A. They're like, yeah, but it's not an A plus. Oh, look, I got a 3.9. Yep. But it's not a 4.0. And oh, look, I got my bachelor's. Great. Are you getting your master's? So it's like everything that I did kind of growing up, it was just kind of like that additional push. And I'm like, I never felt supported, but then realized that was the mentality. And that was actually the support. It's like, yeah, but you need to push harder, but you need to push harder. And I kind of had that upbringing while I don't think it was the right way. I do think that it helped to kind of push us. And, you know, growing up, there was this program called Upward Bound when I was in high school and it was for predominantly, you know, kids in poverty that lived in low income areas that couldn't really afford to take college classes or they didn't have like anything to do in the summertime and they needed like resources to, you know, kind of help further their education. And it was like coupled with like the local university here, like, you know, with UMass and stuff. And it was when I was in it, I didn't quite understand what the purpose was. I finished the program with a bunch of college credits by the time I got to college and not realizing the worth that was in that. But my dad always pushed us towards things like that, like free resources that were able to give us a little bit extra. And it's funny because now with one of my companies, I'm actually working with the exact same program to help kids get jobs. So it's, it's so weird because I would have never coupled the two things together. And now I'm working with a state and, you know, an agency, like a state agency in order to kind of get these kids jobs and get them in summer programs and kind of help them in these areas. So it's amazing how, when you're going through it, you don't realize how it, how it comes around if you're manifesting it what's crazy about that is like you just don't realize how many things actually come full circle and it just fascinates me every single time like every day I'm like wow I remember thinking this as a kid right like or when I was younger and then all of a sudden you have this deja vu moment of like you know way back when and it's so 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 cool I love that I love that and I just love that from a young age like that's who you were and this is what you wanted to be embedded in and it's like just that was your world and now full circle you know however many years later here it is to the same program like how freaking cool is that Incredible. It is. It's so cool. And just, there was just something about it, you know, and there's like a few different other programs that are kind of intertwined with it. But just the fact that the resources that were given to me as a kid that I didn't realize how important they were, now they're handed to me again. But now I have an opportunity. I was that person. So now I can teach these kids, you know, hey, this is the opportunity I had because I took advantage of it. This is where I am now. There's a lesson in it. And it's something that I can teach to these kids. It's something that I can tell them, like, hey, if you're doing this, this is what this is going to turn out 
into. These are the resources that you have. And, you know, I throw myself into a lot of other programs that I feel strongly about. You know, there's this one called Entrepreneurship for All. It's a E for All. And they're all over the place. They're in Massachusetts. They're all over the country. And it's a free program that I actually went through with my t-shirt company. And they literally tell you how to run a business. They give you resources of how to run a business. And you can do one of two things. You can listen to all of it and do nothing, or you can take all of those resources, take all of those people, make the connections and blow your business up because of the information that I received while I had a t-shirt company, which is my apparel company. And I was able to take that investment that I made in that company. I started my babysitting company and I just, I learned how to become a better businesswoman and how to teach other people how to be better in business. And, you know, I give back, I mentor for that program. I now own a consulting company. So like I do strategic consulting. So I take it, a, you know, five steps ahead of where that program is because those people are typically at the beginning of their business, but now it's taking people who are further along in business and they need additional help and they want to take it to the next level or they want to think outside of the box and the resources and connections that I've made have made it so I'm able to help them elevate to another step in their business. I love that, Jen. I love that. And I mean, you have had a, a crazy journey and it's, I want to backpedal just a little bit. Like, where did it all start? So it started when you were young, for sure. But like, walk me through like middle school and high school and beyond. Yeah. So, you know, the, the part that I don't always talk about growing up and I feel like it's where I get, you know, slightly a little bit more emotional. My dad was a single dad, but that was because my mom wasn't necessarily a great person. She was a drug addict and very abusive and beat the shit out of me as a child. And so that really changed my perspective with how I did a lot of things while when I got to middle school and high school, like my parents were divorced, but like she was very much still part of our lives. So it was very, it was difficult, you know, for me as a teenager growing up with, you know, younger siblings, I had a stepmom who, you know, she always meant well for us, but, you know, rough around the edges and she's still with my dad. So like good for her. Cause you know, anyone that can stick out with someone for that long power to them, <laughs> but it was a really hard dynamic for me growing up. And I just, I never knew like where I was going to go. I wanted to rebel. I wanted, like, I went to art school and I want to just do all of the things that my parents don't want me to do because, you know, I felt like my life was, it was so controlled, but not controlled at all growing up that like, I needed to kind of spiral a little bit out of control, which I mean, it wasn't really that bad, but as far as like me spitting, but middle school and high school were those a really weird time in my life where I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where I wanted to be. I didn't know who I was. And I was very shy, quiet. Everyone will say, my friends will tell you that I was not quiet, but I was just very timid about, you know, what other people would say. Even back then, like I actually forced myself, like, you know, there would be like speaking contests, like and I would force myself to do it. And I was terrified. Every time I went to speak in front of people, I was terrified. What are other people going to think of me? And it wasn't until I hit like my late thirties where I just stopped caring what people think about me, but it was, it always would spiral back to when I was in high school. What do people think? Why do people care? You know, they're going to care about what I have, what I have to say, what I have to do. And I think that's also why it was really hard for me to want to start a business because I was so worried about what other people thought. And then when I stopped caring, my whole life changed. 
changed. Same thing happened to me. You just get into this, like, I don't give a shit type of mentality and it just changes the game. <laughs> it, it really does. And then you realize who your true friends are and you realize who's meant to be in your life and who's not to be in your life. And I so often give advice and I say to people, you know, it's okay to break up with your friends. And then the friends that I've broken up with, like the things that they say, or, you know, they get super offended. Not everybody is always going to want to be in your circle. Not everybody is going to want to cheer you on when you, you know, elevate to a different level and you want to be in a different place. Not everybody's going to want to be there and they're going to want to be your cheerleader and that's okay. And it took a really long time for me to get that way. Like I felt like that the people who weren't cheering me on, I felt like they were like soul sucking me. Every time I talked to them, I'm like, oh, I just, the conversations, like I would, I'd go to have a conversation. I'm like, oh, I don't even want to answer my phone because right now this is just like way too draining. And when you're doing all of these things, you want to be surrounded with people who want to cheer you on. I don't believe in competition. And, you know, some of your businesses, there's a lot of heavy competition. And while the competition exists, I think it's so important for people to realize that the more you collaborate and cheer on the person on the side of you, you're going to grow that much bigger because you are looked at so differently. Like we'll use real estate agents, for example, like some people are cut through, some people are each other's cheerleaders. And I feel mm -hmm. that the ones that are cheering each other on are the ones that are the most successful at the end of the day, because I'm not for everybody. You're not for everybody. If we find people who mesh with our personality for somebody else, you're now making a connection and you're, you're more relatable, reliable, trustworthy, your word. And I feel like it's a different, a different mentality completely. Absolutely. And I mean, that shifted throughout, throughout my years too. So like in high school, I was always the one trying to band friends together and have everybody hang out and all this. It took me the longest time to understand not everyone's supposed to go with you. Right. And it's hard, right? Like, it's like when we break up with significant others, like sometimes they're meant for the long haul. Sometimes they're not, but they come into your life for a reason. And then like, right. I am a firm believer, right? Like if you're going to keep redoing the circle, there's, there's something wrong. Like you need to step outside of that circle. If you're with someone and they're dragging you down, but you're still taking them with you, that's you you need to be able to be that person to say, it's okay to put that off to the side. Like I tell people, it's okay if we take a break. It's okay. Like if I don't talk to you for six months, that doesn't mean that I'm not your friend. It just means that right now I'm working on something else. And the people who are your friends are going to be the people that say, all right, cool. I'm here when you need me. Or they're going to show up unexpectedly and they're going to cheer you on and they're going to be your person. Not be like, I don't understand why you didn't call me. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, Jen. And so like, it's funny because I was also shy in middle school too. And then I went through this like evolution that in high school, I was just like in every single group, like class president, things like this. And like, it's just so fascinating how it like shifts, but there was a whole like identity shift. And, you know, there was, there was, you know, teenage moments of, of blowups and, you know, teenage things, right. Where like, you just can't oh, and things like that. But you know, it was, it was interesting watching the trajectory. And as you were talking, you were saying that you were also shy in middle school. I was like, yeah, that was the same thing. I was actually bullied in middle school. So like in middle school, I was very much like shut out. And then the interesting thing is I was bullied like fifth and sixth grade. But the problem is when I got to seventh and eighth and I got comfortable and I started learning about who I was, I actually became one, not even really? knowing it because of the projection of all the trauma that I faced and I didn't even realize it in the minute that I did I like shifted everything back but it's crazy how things can spiral very quickly if you're not aware of like consciously aware of how you're projecting yourself out to the world you know and then you know in the right. high school, I went in much wiser you know and um, you know all of the things but it's just so interesting to see like how the emotional path of, of who we are growing up too is like super interesting right. at high school I was like 
prom queen and like you know dated the quarterback oh, I love and, that. You know, the, the traditional like not me you know Yes. Yeah, so what, what was I like? For you? No, I love that. So for me, like, I felt like I always like everybody that I dated, it was just like artsy or some like, I don't know. I look back at sometimes like I dated the military guy and then I dated like the super artsy guy and the, the guy into music and everybody was so different that I dated. But I feel like that that's just how I've how I got to the point of where I am today. Right. You know, so often people are like, oh, you know, I'm going to try this. Yep. I, this is vanilla. I like this. I'm going to keep this. This is chocolate. Yeah, you know what? I like this. I'm going to keep this. and I'm not going to try something else. Relationships. They're like trying on shoes, right? Not just because they look pretty. It doesn't mean they're comfortable. And so you have to try on all different ones, right? To make sure that they fit well and you're going to wear them for the long haul. So I dated a lot of people and my, you know, my husband's going to be like, great, but you know, we date lots of people to see who our personalities mesh with, you know, people that we can come out to and say the things that we need to say, you know, to these other people that we're spending our time and our energy with, but they make us realize what we want and what we don't want. When you find someone that you're like, oh, I'm just going to settle. And then I talk to my friends that are like, yeah, I'm miserable. I'm like, that's because you settled. And it's really important to like, for me, especially in high school, like I dated all different types of people. Cause I'm like, is the artsy thing, my thing is the music thing, my thing is the, you know, handsome, like military guy, my thing. I don't know what, it, what my thing was like, we we're young. Right. And so like, even going through my twenties, like I always felt that that was super important. Like I didn't want to settle down. I didn't have my daughter till I was 30. And cause we, I decided to wait. And even then in hindsight, I'm like, eh, probably could have waited a few extra years, but I was 38 when I had my youngest. And in hindsight, I probably would have, you know, 35 would have been the sweet spot. I should have just stopped. I love him so much, but the energy that I was not anticipating from the third child, he has more energy than any human I've ever met. Like just so much energy. So yeah. I digress, but I love that. And so did you, after high school, did you, did you go to college and start your business or how was like your, your trajectory? Because I love it. I know you've told me before. I was, I was so all over the place. So after high school or during high school, my family moved to Florida and I decided that I was going to stay up here, but my parents were like, we'll give you the option to come into Florida. I lasted like three weeks. I like call my grandparents. I'm like, I can't do this. This is terrible. They're like, you only have to stay there for the summer. You're going to college in Boston. And I was like, I can't do this. So they like flew me home because like, I just, Florida wasn't my thing. I don't, I like to be hot, but I don't like to be humid. So like the whole sweating thing just was not my thing, especially like, you know, I mean, I'll go there to vacation, but yeah, no, I'm like a West coast. The more that I go to the West coast, the more I realize I'm like a West coast person, like my time frame, the way that I eat, you know, the style, my thought process, everything is like on the West coast. If my kids weren't here, if I could get up and move, it would, it would definitely be to the West coast, but yeah, Florida was not the thing. And so like I moved home and I went to the art Institute of Boston and I went for photography and I loved it. And I was very like going through like an art phase. And I actually had a full scholarship to go to college somewhere else. And I denied it because I, I was, thought I was rebelling. And then in hindsight, I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like I had a full like degree paid for. Uh, so in hindsight, that was a little, you know, we won't say a mistake, but you know, I decided to go back to school. I, I went to school and then I decided to move home the following year. Cause I was just like, eh, 
uh, school's not my thing. So I moved home. I worked full time. I went to school part time at UMass. And I don't think I took education as seriously. Like all I did was work. Like I am such a workaholic. And I think that that has always been embedded in my brain. Like if you didn't work like a mad person, then like life is not going to be gratifying. Like you have to work super hard to get all the things that you want. And I mean, I, I came from nothing. So I knew that the more I worked, the more money I made, the more things I could have. And while I'm not really a material person, but I just, I wanted to let that financial freedom. There was a lot of ups and downs and, you know, I dated people in between and I I dated a really awesome person. We lived together here and then he got an opportunity in Hawaii and I decided to stop doing everything that I was doing and I get up and I, we moved to Hawaii and we lived there for some time. And so I, I just kind of went with the flow. Like if an opportunity kind of came, I took it and I wasn't really focusing on a business. I wasn't really focusing on myself. I was more so just saying, you know what, I'm 25. And if I want to live in Hawaii, I'm going to live in Hawaii. And, you know, my parents didn't actually think that that was the best decision, but I would never change it. And it gave me the experience to say, I was able to do all of these things before I have kids. I was able to fully like, you know, live my life in my twenties. And so it was a really great learning experience for me because it allowed me to kind of do all different types of things. And then like, as I started getting a little bit older and getting a little bit closer to 30, I'm like, I probably should finish my degree. So I went back to school and I was initially, I had an art degree. And then I was like, you know, I'm really into science. I was like, I taught, I actually, there was a point in my life, which I kind of like completely left out. I did get halfway through my degree. I passed my MTELs in the state. I did teach eighth grade science for a little bit. I was a substitute teacher and I taught eighth grade science. I coached at like division one lacrosse. That's what I gave up to move to Hawaii. And then fast forward, I was like, you know, I think I want to go back to school for science. Well, when you decide to go back to school for something, that's not the degree that you were in. It's like literally starting over. So, you know, I moved back up to Boston. I went to Bunker Hill. I went to school up there and, you know, just, just decided to kind of change my life and change the things I was doing. I started like doing stuff with charities and Boston children's hospital. I started uh, running races and I started getting like into like athletic things a little bit older and ran the Boston Marathon in 2011. And I finished school in 2012 and I got pregnant with my daughter in 2012. I got diagnosed with a heart condition in 2012 while I was pregnant with my daughter. I was seven months pregnant and I almost lost her. The heart condition was something that that changed my life. That literally going through that, it really made me rethink all of the things that I was doing. And you know, I always would tell my story from that moment. I would never tell anybody the backstory. I would never tell everybody about my shitty childhood. I would never tell anybody about the way that I was brought up. I would always just talk about, you know, the moment that I got diagnosed with a heart condition because that was pretty traumatic, right? I was pretty hard on myself. I had my daughter. And then after that, they're like, oh, you probably, you know, you're probably never going to run again. You know, your heart can be really hard to control. You probably should just like do other things. And for me, it was, it was that moment, like, do I just give up and just say, you know what, I can't, I'm going to concede and I'm just, I'm not going to run again. I'm not going to do other things. And I decided to start training for Spartan races, you know, doing things that allowed my body to do the things that I could do my heart. I had to control my heart rate and stuff like that. And I was able to start running all of these races. And it actually got to the point in 2018, after I had my second son, uh, my second child, my son in 2018, I, um, I ran a, I don't know how familiar I was Spartan races, but they obviously originated from Boston. And I ran a Spartan beast, which was up Mount Killington. It took me seven and a half hours to complete it. It was the hardest thing I ever did in my entire life. And it was in that moment when I crossed the finish line, I realized like, no matter what anybody tells you, it was that moment you can do anything anything. 
that you put your mind to. And, you know, that was the year that I started, I started the t-shirt company. And that was the year that I was like, you know what, like I can fucking do anything. It was such a mind shift for me because, you know, how many of your years before, six years before, like I was told I was never going to be able to do anything. And I started, you know, the t-shirt company and I started doing all these other things. And I started like working on myself and how I can elevate myself. And then in 2019, I had a heart attack which was crazy because I'm so young. And, um, but it, it was, I was actually driving to Ephraim, the program. It was the first night that I was driving there and I, I had a heart attack while I was doing it, but leading up to that the weekend before. So like two days before I ran a Spartan race and I fell eight feet off monkey bars. So they think my heart went into an arrhythmia and within 48 hours I had a heart attack. And thankfully it was a minor heart attack. And, you know, because I'm so healthy and because I take care of myself and I was literally right down the street from the hospital, I managed to get myself to the hospital. And I don't recommend that in hindsight, I tell everybody like, I was on the phone with Jim and I was like, I'm having a heart attack. And he's like, pull over to the side of the road. I'm like, I'm not going to die. Like I have kids at home. Like I'm not going to die. And so I continue to drive myself to the hospital when I probably should have pulled over to the side of the road. There was a whole traumatic experience that kind of happened with that. And that's, that's like a whole nother thing, but you know, thankfully I got to the hospital and I was taken care of it. And within six weeks, I might've ran another spark. So I, I got right back up. I just kept doing the things and I was like, if it doesn't kill me, it's only going to make me stronger. And it, those things, it, it, it changed my life. It really getting up every morning. I wake up every morning. I'm like, thank God I'm awake. Like I'm awake. The universe is allowing me another day. I have an opportunity to like take full advantage of all of the things. I'm here today. What am I going to do to be the best possible version of myself? How am I going to impact someone else? What kind of conversations am I going to have with people that are going to change somebody else's life? Like I said to you before we started recording, it's changing one person's mentality, one message. That's it. Thank you so much, Regina. I can only imagine, I mean, the mental toughness that goes into that and for you to just get right back up and run a Spartan race. Like, first off, you're not just running a mile on the treadmill at like a YMCA, you know what I mean? Like you're running right, a right. freaking Spartan race like god bless you that is that takes great determination and all of that stuff and like it's because sometimes we're faced with situations where we're told x y and z and i'm like for me it's embedded in me that like hey this is it there's gonna be a way we're gonna figure it out and that's that like that's always been ingrained in my brain but like people are like Pam, that's not normal so like for you when you heard that news right where most people would like shut out and turn into a shell and just kind of isolate how did you maneuver those thoughts in your brain? Because that too is like not normal. Like how did you even, like how the hell did you even process it and like bring it right back? Well, I just- way And be like, I'm just gonna run. You're not it's hard, run. right? It's hard because it's, it's that mentality. It's, I use my kids as my example. And when I do all the things I do, I'm confident. Like all of these things happened after I became a mom. And I mean, where some people, you know, they come, they have their, you know, I call it my come to Jesus moment uh, before you have kids and, or some other life experience that happens that brings you to that moment. But there was something, there was something in me that just said, how are you going to show these kids that they can do anything that they put their mind to? Like you had this traumatic childhood. You had a mother who she gave birth to me. So I'm very grateful for that. Like, and I try to be very amicable with those, with those emotions, but there was nothing else there. 
I have an opportunity to show my kids that they have this incredible person in their life who is going to be determined, who is going to, if someone tells you that you can't do anything, like I am going to do everything to prove you wrong. I am going to say, you're going to say, I can't do this. And I'm going to do this. I was told in 2013 that I will never run a marathon or a long distance race in my entire life. Let it be known. I'm running the Boston Marathon on April 17th, 2023 for Boston Children's, and I am currently training for it. And while it is fucking hard, I am doing it. I ran Fenway this weekend. It is Spartan Race at Fenway this weekend. And it's not easy because I have to maintain my my heart rate at all times, but I'm not trying to win a race. I'm just trying to cross the finish line because everyone's like, well, what happens if you have a flare up? Then I walk it. At the, in the grand scheme of things, I will cross that finish line, but I'm training for it. I have a trainer. I have someone who's helping me. I'm paying attention to my diet and I'm doing all the things, but I'm taking action and I'm, I'm finding ways to educate myself and do it the proper way. I'm not just getting up and running a marathon. Like that's dumb. You know, it's, I'm making sure that I'm doing the things the right way, but it's my kids that they're the reason why I do everything I do. Like after I had a heart attack, I'm like, you know, what? I think I want to have a third child why? I, I don't know. Maybe it was just saying, you know what, the, the universe is giving me this opportunity. How am I going to seize it? How am I going to take advantage of it? What am I going to do to, to impact somebody else's life? Because I am a firm believer that the decisions that I make and the things that I do, whether it's growing a business or being involved in something, it's directly impacting other people. Absolutely. And I mean, speaking of that, so you started your t-shirt company and like now you're working on some crazy things. So walk me through the trajectory of your businesses and like where you're at now because it's amazing. <laughs> I feel crazy when I say it. So I recently, I'd say in the past, in this this year, at some point in time, you know, I always I always kid around because I I love Mel Robbins and, you know, she's from the area. And I, I always would say like, there's something about her, like the way that she presents her message. I, I just, I adore the, like the things that she does. And, you know, I love Tony Robbins and his business, not so much his speaking, but I love the way that he has like all of these businesses and does all of these things. Right. So, but if you were to take Mel Robbins and you were to take Tony Robbins, and I say this to people all the time, you smash them together. I am their baby. Like I want to own all the businesses and I want to talk to all of the people and I want to inspire all of the people while I'm doing it. And I, I always, I had this, like this notion in my head that that's what I was going to do. Like once I became like determined and I'm like, I'm going to do all the business things. It just, it, there's, there's no stopping me now. And, you know, I, I came up when I came up with the consulting name with the consulting business, like, so this is like, you know, going forward before I go back, I came up with Epic 47 and and everyone's like, why Epic 47? What's 47? I go, well, I'm a very, you know, spiritual person, like the four and the seven, like my birthday's in April, seven's my lucky number, blah, blah, blah. And I was talking with one of my mentors, uh, Kevin Snow, and he goes, that sounds terrible. He's like, you need a better story. And I'm like, what do you mean? I need a better story. He goes, well, let me tell you the story about how this business and, you know, the number 46, and it was conceived from when, when, you know, they were in Afghanistan and, you know, the kill cards and the 46 numbers. And he's like telling me this like traumatic story, but like this, like really great story of like why this business had this awesome name. So like, if you're going to have a name and you're going to have a purpose, like you better have a good fucking story. As soon as he told me that, I was like, shit, like, I really got to come up with like a reason, like what, what's the reason that I'm going to have for a business. Right. So 
I was going for a walk one day and I always have like these moments where like, it's like these aha moments. And it, it could be like either later on at night, it's while I'm going for a walk or while I'm in the shower, I'm like, oh my God, I have the best idea. And and now I have to like do it. And so I feel like that's my ADHD. I'm just like, and as soon as I come up with an idea, there's like no stopping me and there's no turning around. Like this is it. Like it's set in stone. It's already happened. It's manifested. It's there. And so I'm going for a walk and I was like, I know what it is. I want to own 47 businesses by 2047. And I am doing the math. I'm like, all right, 25 years in 25 years, I can, I can own 47 businesses in 25 years. That's completely doable. I own four. So I'm like, I can totally do this. And I started saying it to myself. And as soon as I started saying it, I'm like, this is real. Like this is going to happen because my end goal is to take all the businesses that I do and the business models that I have and push them forward and teach other people how to do it. And while I'm doing it, I want to invest in other people and their businesses. So it's going to happen. I mean, it's already happened, right? We already manifested it. So I started the t-shirt business, Inspirational Apparel, and all of my all of my businesses is called Beautiful Collective. And there's either the word B in all of my logos or a B logo. I I couldn't even tell you where it came from. I, I'm obsessed with bees. I love them. And it's like, they've followed all of my businesses. So all of my businesses have a bee logo in them. And, you know, I started this inspirational apparel company to inspire other people, other inspire women to be beautiful, embrace yourself, no matter who you are, whether it's your personality, whether it's, you know, your looks or whatever that may look like, be yourself, be beautiful, be the person that you're meant to be. And it was through that message that, I started saying all of those things to myself. The message wasn't for other people. I started this business for me. This was my moment to keep telling myself that story in my head. Be the strong businesswoman. Be the good person. Be the person that you want to be. Keep living your best life. And by wearing the shirts and wearing the message and doing the things, and this wasn't even on purpose. I wear these shirts like every day. And, but it was through that message that I learned how to be a business owner. And then I took that business and I invested in my babysitting company, which turned into a nanny agent agency. And we were doing work all over the state now, which is fantastic. And through that, I decided that I wanted to start a, a different type of company. I want like a cleaning company. Cause that was like a necessity. And then through that, I was like, well, I'm doing all of this business stuff. I probably should start a consulting company to teach other people how to do this. And then taking that business model and moving it forward and being able to say, how can I teach other people to own a business and run a business and kind of move that forward? So my long goal is to be an investor. I want to be an investor. I want to invest in people who have an idea, who don't have the funds. I want them to be educated. I want to teach them how to run a business successfully. I want to hold them their hands through that. And through that mentality and through that thought process, I'm actually starting two more businesses this year. Super excited. Yeah. I already have two in the process. No way. Do we get the sneak previews? So one of them does have to do with childcare. The other one's an NDA, so I can't talk about it yet. But, and then I also have a meeting to talk about another opportunity. So it's really exciting because I don't feel like I need to outright own all of my businesses. I feel like partnerships are, as you know, they can be messy, but at the same time, if they're set up the right way, all of my businesses are employee run businesses. So I, I talk about this a lot too. My cleaning company, I'm making my GM part owner. And giving them an opportunity because if, I mean, if they never had this opportunity and they have worked so hard for it, why shouldn't they own something? Why shouldn't someone else be able to say, Hey, you've worked so hard. You should, you should own this business. I never had that opportunity, but if I have the opportunity to offer that to other people, why wouldn't I? Yeah. 
It's the only reason why I do what I do. Like to be perfectly honest, like I wake up every morning and everything that I do, it's invested in my business. It's invested in other people. I instantly went into debt for my, for my babysitting company, because I knew that I had to pay a full-time like nanny who is now my GM. And I said, it wasn't debt. And I don't look at it as debt. I look at that as an investment. Like it was a solid investment. I would not be where I am today if I did not make that investment. And so it's hard for people to wrap their minds around that because they're like, oh my God, I have no money. Oh my goodness, I can't do this. I worked for two years without a paycheck. You know what? That's what we do. That's what we do. And I keep reinvesting in the things that mean the most to me. And at the end of the day, I do it for, for everybody else because I know it will come back someday. I absolutely love that. Now, question for you, Jen, because you're balancing a ton of businesses and so much energy. Like so much energy. So much energy. I love it. But like, how do you time manage? Like, what are some of like your secret sauces in business to like first off your your energy levels? And second off, like how do you time manage all of the things with three kids? Oh my God. So that's a great question. Uh, so time management. So time management is super big for me, uh, especially, and I actually teach time management. So it's funny that you asked that question. I, I actually present all over the place. Like people will have me come and be a guest speaker and I talk about time management. That's probably my biggest topic that I talk about. And, um, so I believe in boundaries. Boundaries are super big for me. So like I work between nine and five and boundaries, I tell everybody they're for us. They're not for anybody else. And when you set the boundaries for ourselves, you have to stick to them. Right. And it's hard sometimes. And sometimes we'll bend like emergencies happen. Like I had to have a phone call at six 30 last night while my youngest son was screaming in the bath. And I go just to let you know, this is after business hours. So you're going to hear a screaming child in the background, but it's an emergency. So we'll deal with it. Right. And so, you know, making sure that we're being solid with the, with our times and being intentional. So for me, it's scheduling all the work in that short period of time. Again, it takes time to get to that point. I have a lot of businesses. Every time I start something new, yes, you know what? There are nights where I have to get up and I have to write a proposal or I have to write a contract or I have to do other things, but I try to be really efficient and present with my time. And within that time stream, I then schedule set everything. So I have lots of calendars that are very intentional with times. Like if I'm on, you know, if I'm recording something for myself, it might only be on Mondays. If I have virtual coffees with people, it might only be on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If I have in-person meetings, it might only be on Wednesdays. When I have calls with clients, they get my, my calendar and they're just like, what do you mean you're not available? Like, I want to call you and talk to you right now. I'm like, well, that's not how this works because I have boundaries and some clients aren't okay with that. And that's okay. Cause not everybody's my client, but I set these really hard boundaries because I want people to respect them. But because I'm so strong with those boundaries, if you call me after five o'clock and I don't answer, most people will say, I don't expect you to respond because I know this is the time that your phone shuts off. My phone actually goes on silent at five o'clock every day, at five o'clock every day, only four people can call me. And then if I get, look at my phone and I can respond, that's great. But most people know that I won't respond till the next morning. If you send me a text message on the weekend, chances are I'm probably not going to respond. If I look at my phone right now, which this is always my favorite, cause I always love looking, I have 24 missed text messages and I will get to them when I get to them. And I schedule time that I actually sit and I, I answer all my, my messages. I, in the morning, I wake up at between five and six o'clock. I do all of my emails. I schedule, send all of my emails first thing in the morning. So that way I can have these phone calls or I can go to a meeting and I can be present in the moment and not go, oh my goodness, I need this. Oh my goodness, I need this. And I mean, I know with your job and the things that you do, sometimes there there's going to be like those fire drills. There's going to be times that you have to like kind of 
go outside of those boundaries, but we also can kind of control how we handle them too. Like it's all about being proactive and not reactive. And though that's so, I get so excited when I start talking about time management and scheduling and then like, you know, setting a timer. Okay. For 15 minutes, I'm going to work on this. I have severe ADHD because I'm like squirrel, what were we talking about? And so for me, it's really hard to stay focused, but I think that's why I do so many different things. I mean, you can't have all of these businesses and all of these kids and I even have a puppy and, you know, a husband. So I have to be really intentional with all of my time. Love that, Jen. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that the boundaries is it's everything. And it's something we all struggle with, right? right? And now for you, I'm so interested to see what you're going to answer for this question. But what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? Believe in yourself at an earlier age. I think I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe that I could do all of the things that I wanted to do because, you know, the outside force, that environment told me that I couldn't do it. You were brought up this way. So this is how you should be. This is where you came from. So this is what you should do. The, you know, everyone tells you like, you should be working or you should be settling down. You should be having kids. You should, you know, this is what you're really good at. So that's what you should be doing. I was listening to everybody else, except for listening to myself. And I think once I turned inward and I really started listening to myself and listening to the things that meant the most to me, I think my life changed. Amen. I love that, Jen. Oh my goodness. Your energy is so beautiful. Now tell me what's up in your world in like the next like six to 12 months that you mentioned, you gave us some sneak peeks on, on the things, some new businesses coming in, but like, what's your next like six to 12 months? It's like 20, 2023. What are we looking at? That's a great question. So 2023. So we're starting to two other businesses. One of them is fully mine. Another one is a partnership and it's the partnership is the, I can't talk about it, but man, this woman is so flipping smart. She's so amazing at what she does and, but has like no business background. So I'm like, I'm going to teach you how to be a businesswoman. Like we're going to go in this and I'm going to help you start this business. And I'm going to teach you how to be a businesswoman. I like, it's predominantly going to be her business, but it's game changing. This is a business that I know nothing about, but I know a lot about business. And so I've really educated myself in a field that I was very uneducated in, which I think is really exciting. So I'm learning all of these new things and all of these new skill sets for something I would have never like ever like done in my life. And it's funny because in hindsight, when people are like, oh, well, you have a, this type of company and this type of company and a cleaning company. I'm like, if you ask me about any of these companies, childcare, I'd say yes, because I've been setting this up for some time, but anything else I'm like, kind of surprised. I always surprise myself where I'm just like, yeah, no, I would have never done that. But you know, what? it's really cool because I'm learning all of these other cool things. And because I'm starting this, that one particular business, it's kind of shifted my mindset about how other businesses could, I could work with. And so I'm having a conversation with somebody next week about their business and what they do and how I can take that business and now integrate it into the other businesses that I'm working on. Cause I had like this other aha moment. It's like 1130 at night. And I walk into the bedroom, like, Oh my God, I have this great idea. And Jim's like, Oh, of course she does. Like it's 1130 at night. I want to go to sleep. And it's, it's when I have my, all my ideas and I'm like, I have this great idea. And he's like, great. What's, what's the idea, Jen? I was like, well, I've been thinking for the past few days that this person who has this business and I need to talk to this person because I think that we need to, we need to partner. And he's like, well, why? And I kind of say why. And he was like, okay, but that has nothing to do with your business. I'm like, but it has everything to do with my business. And I'm like, ding, 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 ding. And so like, I have like this weird, crazy, like innovative. And I, I tell you, it's like my ADHD brain. It's almost like we can find solutions to like random problems in different places and somehow make them all connect. And someone used to tell me, 
or people used to tell me, but someone said this to me one day and he looked at me and he's very like really great guy. I sat down with him. He goes, what if you took all the things that you did and just turned them all in and focused on one thing? And I was like, oh, maybe that's what I should be doing. Maybe that's what I should be doing. This is way before I started all my businesses. And I was like, maybe I should be focusing everything in, in one direction. And then I tried to do that. And then as soon as that happened, I went right back out like this. And I'm like, no, I just, I don't think that's what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to be this person and to connect all of these things, but not here. It's like here. And how can I get, connect you with someone else and make your business grow? And to me, it's just, it's such an amazing thing. I feel crazy most days. Same, same here, same here. I love that. And now what's your number one piece of like business advice? to any entrepreneur who is listening or aspiring. My number one advice to people, and I say this, don't listen to anybody else's advice. Number one advice. It's a parenting advice. It's business advice. It's self-advice. Do not listen to anybody else's advice. However, listen to everything. Listen to what works for me, what works for you. And if you're still listening, I'm going to tell you what I what works for me. But what works for me isn't going to work for Pam. What works for Pam may not work for Jen. But listen to what they have to say. And then take bits and pieces of those things and then create your own opinion and the way that you're going to direct thing direct things but if someone says you can't do something that doesn't mean you can't do it so i think it's super important to like follow that advice you're amazing jen i absolutely adore you oh my goodness like you're an absolute rock star like all the things that you're working on like everything that you've been through what you're building like i'm so excited for it i'm here for it thank you we're in the same state and like we're gonna get to do lots of fun things together without a doubt but like the world needs to know where to find you my friend where where can everybody find you with your website links whatever yeah absolutely so we're redoing the website right now so you can if you look up j-e-n underscore live your best life on instagram that's where everything is if you look up jen potter on linkedin on facebook my maiden name is fraser so i'm all over the place i'm all over social media follow all my stories i love doing reels and talking about the days and just every everything day-to-day business advice and my life i love talking about it. I clearly love talking. And if you want to, you know, reach out to me, let's have a coffee in person, virtual coffee, whatever that looks like. I'm always open. Jen, you're absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for being here today, for inspiring us and all the things. Thank you for having me. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate, or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. All we know is over time, working like some underdogs. Underdogs. Underdogs.